Warning! The episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Hey, guys. We're back for episode number 23 of Murder With My Mother. The true crime podcast where, uh, you guessed it, I talk murder with my mother. What's up, Mom? Ah, lots of stuff's happened since last time. Yeah. Our world's kind of gone a little bit more back to normal, and people are walking around, cruising around without their masks on now, more than they were last time we recorded. Yeah, people are more used to it now, but it's, I think, it, what the numbers, places are kind of getting higher in some places. I know the yeah. states, for sure. The states has gone up, they said, by 50%, so. But it's super weird because they said that you can still, if you're fully vaccinated, you can still carry and spread the virus. To people that are not vaccinated. Yeah. So I guess that's the herd immunity thing, right? Yeah. Huh. So get vaccinated if you want. And just wear your mask if you don't. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so there's that, and we've had some exciting developments in our family. Danica had her gender reveal, and I'm not sure if you guys saw, I posted a picture of the results on our Instagram page. And I was right. The smoke was pink. Yeah. That came out of the cannon, so... I told you, I knew this had to be a female. There's no way that the, <laughs> the way that I'm feeling, it's like I'm like a stone... Stone cold bitch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> And uh, I've been manifesting it to be a girl since before it was even conceived because I bought Danica a pink fertility bracelet for Christmas and I've been getting my nails painted pink every time <laughs> since January. So, yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, ah, no one's welcome. No, I'm sure she'll be great. I'm excited. Yeah, it's nice. I feel really blessed that we got a boy first, and now we're going to have a little girl, and yeah, I'm looking forward to buying all the girl clothes, and she'll probably be like a total tomboy like you were, but yeah. I dressed you in ruffles for your first four years until you started to protest, so. Yeah, so we got four years, I guess. Well, yeah. anything pink is like, oh my god, this pink goes together, and this pink, and, and this pink, and this pink, but. I'm more like this pink and this pink because I'm like no emotions right now. So that's Except been fun. Except for anger. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is whole like I'm usually pretty like emotional, you know, at least like Facebook videos probably like at least two get me usually every day. Like I'm like, oh my God, it's kind of sad. But now it's like, no, it's like. It's, yeah, I don't know. We got the, six more months of this. <laughs> the funniest part was when you were pregnant with Kears, everything made you emotional. I read about everything, and he, but he's also very emotional. Yeah. So, and he has a weird connection to animals, and when I was pregnant, I felt, like, overly connected. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. I like animals. I really like them. Love my dog. Love animals. But when I was pregnant with Kears, it was, like, heightened, like animal rights activists like <laughs> I swear and, that's what he's gonna be and Kears calls himself the dog whisperer yeah he's yeah, waiting he... he's counting down the days until he's 12 because he wants a Shiba Inu oh god and I've heard about it like every five minutes for the last like six months yeah so hopefully you're getting a sister hopefully this <laughs> this child doesn't have the McDonald triad yeah because it will be a Sagittarius and if you look up a lot of astrological signs of serial killers <laughs> their zodiacs uh most of them are are Sagittarius's so I didn't plan that one too well so perfect Woo, so, happy ironic 
If we had it to cover the case of my own daughter murdering somebody, yeah, yeah it probably would be, but eh. <laughs> See, this one is really close to home. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm still in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to import your brother. But speaking of female serial killers, today we have a special episode that mom chose. Episode 23 is that of the murder, the murders, I guess, of, what was it, seven men? Seven men in a year. And they were all killed by a female serial killer, uh, which is very rare. Mm -hmm. And you guys probably know because this is a pretty highly publicized case. And you may have seen the movie that was based not so loosely on it. Um, the movie was called Monster with Charlize Theron. And she killed that role, like, no yeah. pun intended. Like, she did a really good job. She She's one of the most beautiful women probably in, in Hollywood and yeah. in, in the world. But she, the way that she, the makeup and just her, just the acting was, like, impeccable. It was amazing. Go watch the movie Monster if you haven't seen it. It's great. So we are going to be covering um, the people that were murdered by Eileen Warnos today. And, I mean, it's kind of sad, as you'll hear, because there's a lot leading up to her being the way she was, and... Yeah, she had a lot of misfortune in her life and a lot of trauma, and for all of our avid listeners, you guys know that we talk about things that lead up to becoming like that. Like, it's like, okay, are these people created? Are these people born evil? Which I believe some people are born evil, but I also believe that... Some of these people don't stand a chance to not turn evil because of all the stuff they go through. Which doesn't excuse what they did. No, oh, and no, no. this case, these cases are also pretty heinous. So beware because we're bringing you a lot of gory shit. Yes. So with that, we will get right into episode 23. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Eileen Carol Pittman otherwise known as Eileen Warnos, was born on February 29th, 1956 in Rochester, Michigan, to young parents. So her parents, Diane Warnos, and her father, Leo Dale Pittman, were married when Diane was 14 and Leo was 16. Damn. And was it a shotgun wedding or did they just get love married? Um, I'm not sure because they had a child before Eileen and his name was Keith and he was one year older than Eileen. And by the time the mom was ready to have Eileen, like two months before, she'd already left Leo. And, and how old was she when she had Eileen? Uh, she was six or 14 when she got married and she was 16 when she had Eileen. So she was probably 15 when she had the first Keith, one. Keith, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the dad, Leo, was a son of a bitch. He was um, schizophrenic. He was diagnosed schizophrenic, and he, Eileen never met him because he was in jail by the time she was born for kidnapping and sodomizing children. Hmm. So he was a nice guy. Yeah, so he was <laughs> definitely not a pleasant human being. And he committed suicide in jail. In 1969. So you have to think already. She was born in when? 1956. So within 12 years of her life, she's already had to... I mean, I'm sure she was protected a little bit about what her dad did, but probably not. Uh, I don't really think so, because right before she turned four, her mother uh, abandoned her and her brother Keith uh, with her parents. Hmm. 
So she had at least abandonment issues then because, yeah. So her maternal grandparents, Lori and Britta, is who she was abandoned with and her brother Keith also was. And they were both alcoholics and the grandfather was apparently really abusive, um, Eileen said. Some of the family members said it wasn't true, but she said that her grandfather physically and sexually abused her. And it kind of makes sense because by the time Eileen was 11 years old, she was um, giving out sexual favors in her neighborhood to the other neighborhood boys uh, for cigarettes and spare change. Well, and that's not a usual, like a child's usual go-to. No. You know, so obviously that's probably because it's learned behavior, right? Yeah. I mean, using your body sexually is definitely learned behavior. You yeah. wouldn't think to do like that that was a big bargaining tool no. if that hadn't happened to you. So I believe her. And when she was 14 in 1970, she became pregnant by one of her grandfather's friends who she said was an accomplice that he used to bring over to have sex with her. So, so fucked up. Super fucked up and super, super sad. Like, yeah. Human trafficking happens to a lot of people and it's, you know, like back in those days, I think it was so prevalent and no one really talked about it. Well, and that's the thing that we touch on on a lot of episodes, even with the fact where all the family's like, oh my God, no, that's not true. But she's just saying it how it is. I feel feel like she's like transparent because what does she have to hide now? Yeah. By saying like, oh yeah, my grandpa invited people over to have sex with me. I had sex with him. Sexual, I did sexual favors for kids in my neighborhood. Like for sure that is probably true because then look where her life yeah and why would you even admit to that if you didn't do it no so she also says uh in her later years that she had a sexual relationship that was consensual with her brother keith who was one year older than her i don't know how consensual it can be when it's incestuous but i mean i i guess it's some flowers in the attic yeah it is flowers in the attic shit for sure that's my favorite book so um yeah so she got pregnant at age 14 and then she was shipped away by her grandparents to live in a home for unwed mothers until she gave birth to a baby boy in 1971 who was then taken away from her right away and put up for adoption so that's also got a super Mm -hmm. super fuck you up yeah especially at such a young age yeah so i guess eileen really didn't stand a friggin' chance. No, already, and she's only 14. Yeah, like, she and she, 15 when she gave birth, but... But still, I mean, all of that happening to you by the age of age of 15 now, it's like... Yeah. I'm glad that there's a lot uh, less stigma put on... Because the thing is, people like people have sex young all the time, and it's like just a roll of the dice that you're not getting pregnant. If, so, if no one's talked to you about safe sex and how to have safe sex you don't really know and even like people my age sometimes don't even know that you can only get pregnant when you're ovulating like it's like it's like you know there's a lot of things that women don't know about their own bodies and so and back then it was super super bad because nobody like no one talked about it was given to like getting your period growing breasts um but it's only put there's only shame put on it because of how men sexualize women's bodies yeah i mean even to this day there's still shame put on people for breastfeeding in public so yeah tits are for feeding babies boys yeah so psa so when she they was... don't look very sexy anyway after you're, you're done breastfeeding <laughs> like even before you start breastfeeding like my boobs are starting to do stuff where i'm like oh my god like you know oh. yeah so by the time she was 15 and she got her baby taken away and then 
That same year, her grandmother died of liver failure. So the, the one that they said didn't yeah. really have a drinking problem. The one yeah. they, they denied had a drink, drinking problem died of liver failure. Hmm. And then she quit school because who the fuck wants to go to school when all this shit happens? Especially when you're 15. Yeah. yeah. And her grandpa kicked her out of the house. I guess he was done. Maybe he didn't like her boobs anymore. I don't yeah, really know. God. So the sad thing is, is that she turned to turning tricks for like her main well, you would income. if you're if the, your whole life you've been you've been you know kind of shown that like your body is worth yeah something like that's for where this. your value was placed yeah so and then she was living in the woods behind her house so sad like that's really sad apparently the neighborhood kids called her the cigarette pig oh my god I know. kids are mean kids are horrible and again I'm so happy that people are realizing that trauma. Like okay. generational trauma yes. is like is a real thing, yeah. and you can actually look at where someone comes from and where they've ended up, and usually see there's you know if ands whys like there's all things about why they got to where they got if they don't work through their trauma. There's a lot of people that are working through their trauma, and you know they don't end up where you'd think they would. But it's actually really surprising to me that people, a lot of people, have never known like to connect the dots to that, like. Yeah, weird. I mean, this is coming to light so much now, but it was so prevalent forever. Like, ever since human beings have walked the earth, generational trauma has been probably the main affectation of humans. Well, and one thing that I've learned probably in the last couple years that's come more, become more apparent is like 90, probably 95% of the population was molested. Yeah. And something when you're molested that actually physically changes the pathways in your brain so that yeah. you can't cope like how a regular person would cope with less trauma. All different kinds of traumas are on different scales of affecting you. But something like sexual assault, especially committed by someone that is a close family member. Yeah, I trust That's going to fuck you up really bad, right? And so the the fact that people are putting those two and two together now and being more understanding and more, you know, compassionate to people that have had that trauma. They can see on brain scans. Mm-hmm. The patterns of your brain, if you have trauma compared to if you don't. Yeah. And so they're treating it differently. Psychiatrists, psychologists, they're treating people with trauma a lot differently than, say, someone that doesn't have trauma. So, yeah, yeah, we're making a lot of headway, but there's a whole lot of fucked up people in this world because there's a whole lot of assholes that fuck up kids. And yeah. And that's just terrible. Like, So hopefully that will stop. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, it wouldn't happen anymore, but... There are still going to be people that even from their own trauma, because a lot of the time if you're molested or something like that happens to you, you either go on to have really severe trauma, drug addiction, different coping mechanisms, or you go on to to offend. So you're just creating that generations, those generations to have, yeah, over over and over and over over trauma, right? So. So after she was living in the woods by her house, she started a life of petty crime uh, and prostitution. For instance, in 1974, at the age of 18, Eileen was arrested for a DUI and discharging a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. (laughs) So she was uh, let go on a promise to appear and never appeared. So there was a warrant for her arrest. Uh, and it was put out for failure to appear. <laughs> and this just is like the beginning of a long list of things. 
Yeah. I feel though, like once you get started on that path, it's probably really hard to get off of that path because again, she didn't have anybody she could really turn to. She didn't seem like she had a lot of friends if the kids were calling her cigarette. What do they call her? Cigarette pig. Oh, that's so sad. And she never had anyone show her like how to live no, life properly. or how to be loved or no. how to, you know, she was just abandoned or kicked out or molested or. So, and then in 1976, uh, when she was 20, she was picked up hitchhiking by a 69-year-old man named Louis Fell, who was the president of the Yacht Club in uh, Daytona, Fancy. Florida. Yeah, and... So she made her way to Florida. Yeah, so she <laughs> hitchhiked to Florida, and that's where she met Louis Fell. And he, it is said, fell immediately in love with her. She was actually quite attractive at that time. She was 20 years old, and... Like, what the fuck, 69-year-old man, you know, like, well, obviously... they would obviously be really into it, but you have to have severe... I mean, okay, we joke about, like, daddy issues, stuff like that, but that's a real thing. Like, if you were lacking that older male positive good role model or male father figure in your life, I think you are more inclined to try to date older men, and it's like you're trying to relive your something you never had well and i'm gonna actually play devil's advocate to that because she was actually like her first sexual experience was probably her grandfather that's what i mean yeah so she probably like it didn't seem that weird to her to have sex with an old man <laughs> yeah true no her yeah, grandfather was an old man yeah so she he they got married like instantaneously and their wedding was actually in the society pages in the town that they lived in so he was a somebody he was a somebody and when you look at the rest of her life, it's almost unbelievable that she married the president of the Yacht Club. <laughs> but it did not last very long because Eileen got drunk at their local bar and beat Lewis Fell with his own cane. And he, he was scared of her after that and he got a restraining order and promptly annulled the marriage. <laughs> so, and then in 1976, the same year, she was charged with assault for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head in a bar and hitting him in the head with it. So, so obviously she would drink and then her demons would kind of come. I mean, her demons were kind of always on the surface, but it seems like alcohol really brought them to the forefront. Definitely. Yeah, she was definitely a handful. But imagine how much aggression you would have if all this fucked up shit has happened to your whole well, life. Well, and her life just keeps getting better and better because on July 17th of that same year, her brother died. The one that her she brother had lover. that consent. Yeah. Her, her, her brother died of her esophageal lover. cancer and... Then one good thing happened to her. She got ten grand from his life insurance policy when he died. Mm -hmm. But she, she was fucked up and didn't spend it properly. She blew the whole thing. Uh, within a couple of months, she bought a fancy sports car and crashed it. Uh, got some more drunk driving charges. She was just living from hotel to hotel. Like She never actually used the money and did anything good with it. I think she just blew it all on drugs and alcohol and... I mean, she didn't know how to live, so... No, and it, I always I say... Like I'm making excuses for No, 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 color, but, but I always say, though, if you're... If you don't work through your trauma, your trauma will work through you. Yeah. So. You know? So that's what's happening here. And again, in our generation now, it's... People are more aware of that. Back then, you just are like, um, like, you know, yeah. like, wild. And it's, you know, if... if even mental health, right? The the awareness of mental health now because she probably even her dad was what 
had schizophrenia. schizophrenia. So she probably had like undiagnosed things, even from just doing drugs and drinking and PTSD and all these things, right? Well, and also like also no excuse to kill anybody, but you, you can don't see. grow when you're not given a role model. Like you're just not going to grow. Like I left home really young because I was bad, and I mean and I'm love. sure there were, yeah, extenuating circumstances, but. If I would have had 10 grand at the age of 14, which I'm assuming I was probably around the same mental age as her at 20. I don't know, though, because you were managing an apartment building at the age at of 15. 18. Yo, at 18. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck lets an 18-year-old manage an apartment building. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Yeah. So she had a few more drinking driving charges here and there. Like, I'm surprised she stayed out of the can for this long. I'm surprised because... she didn't die in a drinking and driving <laughs> accident. Yeah, or kill someone, although she may have. Yeah. But she, well, she made up for it. Yeah. So in 1981, she robbed a convenience store while wearing a bikini hmm. and she got caught. She robbed it for 33 bucks. So it was hardly even worth it. But she went to jail finally from 1982 to 1983. So then promptly when she got out, she got arrested in 1984 for passing bad checks uh, in Key West, Florida. Hmm. Key West is beautiful, like, yeah. but there's, there's actually... <laughs> I was waiting for that, Yeah, I really love Key West. But there's actually quite a few shady people there, so... Well, yeah, because you have Florida. to think, if you go somewhere, if you're going to run somewhere, where would you go? Which, uh, we were just talking about this. If you want to kill somebody, probably not the place to go, because they're, you know, they have the death penalty, and they're really quick to put you to death. And In Florida, yeah. Yeah, like... Or Texas. Yeah, so avoid those two states if you want to go murder, but... Come to Canada. <laughs> yeah, you'll get out in five years, less a day. Um, but no, I, I think that if you are trying to hide from someone or hide from something and you know, the weather's nice, it draws could, a lot of people there. Same you with could California. literally like, there's so many eccentric people in Key West, Florida that I've spent quite a bit of time there and you could literally walk around with two different shoes on, your tits hanging out, your hair not brushed, a lizard on a leash, like nobody cares down there. It's. It's very, very, very liberal. Huh. It's a great, fun, very free-spirited place. I want to go there. Yeah, well, we'll go one day. We'll go for Fantasy Fest. There you go. It's like the best ever. So then she was also suspected uh, around the same time of stealing a revolver and some ammunition from a store. And it was true because the police found her <laughs> driving a stolen car and they found a stolen revolver and some ammunition in the car with her. Hmm. Which a man had just reported that she had robbed him by gunpoint for $300, and that also was probably true. Yeah, which probably I wouldn't put it past her. Mom, you got a dog. A big dog, too. I do. He's pretty big. He's over 100 pounds. You ever take him anywhere and get, like, super stinky and, like... <laughs> Every single, at least, second day. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not alone that my dog likes to roll in the stinkiest stuff at the park. So, for those long, stinky car rides home, I just started using Fur Sense Dog Dry Shampoo. I also started using it, and it's awesome. It's a lifesaver. So it is. I know how much I love dry shampoo to use on my own greasy hair. So if you need it for your dogs, freshen them up. First Sense. They're on Instagram, Facebook, and go to www.firstsense.ca. First Sense. Say goodbye to those stinky car rides home. So around 1986, she'd made her way to Daytona, Florida, and she was hanging out in a lesbian bar. 
I wonder if she knew that she was bicurious, like bisexual. I think she had had relationships with women previous. But also, I don't blame her for not, like... Liking men? Yeah. Like, I really don't. Because as much as your sexual orientation is not a choice, I think that you would be more inclined having these experiences with men to explore... Women? Women. (laughs) Yeah. So she met a lesbian woman by the name of Tyria Moore at a gay bar. And Tyria was a um, chambermaid. So she was cleaning rooms at motels, low-budget motels. And they instantly um, basically, like, U-hauled each other and moved in together right away. And um, Eileen was very generous with Tyria. She said, you know, you don't have to work anymore. I'll support you. And she had someone to love. Yeah. And she supported Tyria with um, the gains of her prostitution and petty theft. And Tyria just lived off of it. No problemo. So turned out that it was... Yeah, it was a good fit for the both of them, I guess. Yeah. So in 1989... A lady was looking out her window and saw two women crash a car and run away. And there was a bunch of bodies that started turning up at around this time also. In that same area? Yeah. So they were men from all different places in Florida, but they were all kind of appearing on major highways or forested areas right upside highways um i think one of them was on a logging road with the same mo right so yeah so all of the men were between the ages of 40 and i think his oldest 65 was the oldest one but again you have to look at her well it it all makes sense right and they were all shot with a 20 gauge revolver which the ballistics obviously matched every single one. So that's how they kind of tied all of them together. Yeah. So, and that the MO was the same. So on November 30th of 1989, an electronic store owner from Clearwater, Florida named Richard Charles Mallory, age 51. Uh, they found him on December the 13th. His body was found several miles away from Clearwater in a wooded area and he was shot several times with two bullets to the left lung by a 20-gauge revolver. And he was naked and, yeah, left at the side of the road. So then in June 1990, there was a naked body of David Andrew Spears, who was 47. He was a construction worker in Winter Garden, Florida. And he was declared missing on May the 19th. And he was also found by a major highway, Route 19 in Florida. He was also naked, right? Yeah, and he had been shot six times by a 22 pistol. Then we come to June the 6th, 1990. So she's going quick. Yeah, at this point she's going quick. 1990, uh, Charles Edmund Karskadon, who was 40 years old. He was a part-time rodeo worker. He had been shot nine times with a 20 caliber weapon and his body was wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposing because of the heat. So he'd only been out there for seven days, but it was really hot. So um, his car and or sh- witnesses saw Eileen in possession of his car and she had also pawned a gun identified as one mm. belonging to him. 
So then same time frame, July the 4th, 1990, um, the car that they crashed, the two women crashed, belonged to that of a missing man named Peter Abraham Seams. He was 65 and he was a retired merchant seaman. Um, he left to go to Arkansas and he was never seen again. They never found his body, but they found a palm print in the car after they crashed it because these two women were seen fleeing from the car and they left a bunch of evidence like used condoms and bloody palm prints and blood and there was a composite sketch done by the neighbor lady that had seen the women fleeing the car and pretty much everyone in the area where the women lived knew right away who it was. Yeah, well, they were a pretty... I mean, to look at them... Yeah, they're a pretty <laughs> motley crew, for yeah. sure. So if you want to look at their pictures, actually, you'll see what we're talking about. Maybe we'll post a picture on the um, Instagram page of their of the composite sketch because mm -hmm. it is totally dead ringer for them. Yeah. So that was July the 4th when his car was found. And on... July 31st, a 50-year-old sausage salesman, salesman mm. from Ocala, Troy Eugene Burris, was reported missing, and his body was found August the 4th, 1990, in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County, and he'd been shot twice by a 22 caliber pistol. So that brings us to August. Now we're into September. Um, September the 11th, 56-year-old Charles Richard Dick Humphreys. So he went by Dick. Yeah, Dick. Dick's probably what got him into trouble, too, because he's... Well, yeah, when you're picking up, up the wrong hooker. But the funny thing is, is this guy was pretty decorated. He was a retired U.S. Air Force major. They're all decorated. They're a all... former state child abuse investigator. Oh. And a former chief of police. I mean, okay, and the, honestly, I don't want to shame anybody because sex work is your own choice. And obviously, in instances like Eileen, she obviously ended up in that just based on circumstance. And women now have the, you know, there's the right to choose what you want to do with your body. So it's not saying men are disgusting because they pick up prostitutes, but a lot of these men are married. Um, they're living, like, double lives where they're just, like, sexual pigs. Like, the ones that would pick up, like prostitutes on the side of the highway and stuff like that you know i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean for sure just imagine like let them like, have car seats in their yeah, car you know it's i like... know it's definitely true yeah so his body was found the day after he went missing and he was actually fully clothed but he'd been shot six times in the head and torso by a 20 mm. caliber oh surprising so these were in a couple different counties but the police were putting it all together because the mo was so much the same and they were not cops even are good <laughs> yeah well they're still compared the to the state. ones we don't yeah but sometimes there's remember clifford olsen it yeah. was like literally a 20 minute drive and they're like oh god this kids are running away yeah, they're these... running away yeah fucking kids yeah then we come to number seven uh walter geno antonio who was age 62 and he was a trucker, a security guard, and a pervert. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> he was actually a police reservist too. But you have to think, okay, I wonder if she, because obviously all walks of life pick up sex workers, right? So I wonder if, because if you look, all of these men are between certain ages, like we were talking about. I wonder if 
she was picked up by any 30-year-olds, 25-year-olds. Like, I wonder if there's anything you can see where she didn't kill everyone. I wonder if she was just triggered by these men and their ages. And well, they- it seems like that was the case. Yeah. But then also I've heard that, I mean, if you see pictures of her around the time that she was caught, her age was starting to catch up with her. She wasn't even that old, but she looked way older than she was. Because well, she, she was drinking. Terrible. She was drinking. She has like that swollen body. Because even if you look at, okay, yeah, obviously being in jail is not ideal, but they get... I mean, not, they don't get the best food, but they get the nutrition where it's like, okay, you're getting your daily things that you usually need. You have sleep. You have, yeah. you know, just all yeah, the things. Yeah, you start to you're... look better. Like, yeah. she looked way better when you see. Yeah, because when she first was arrested, she was, like, swollen and, like, just disheveled. <laughs> and, like. <laughs> she was killing, like, this is November now. And she started in, basically, in June. She yeah, killed one May. before that. But she was just, like. That's a really a quick fun, succession. Like she snapped, yeah. right? Very she snapped rapid. and started killing everyone that reminded that's her what of I mean. her grandfather, probably. Yeah. Well, and I know that the first man that she killed, she claimed that he sodomized her and beat her up and she shot him, which makes sense to shoot him the two times to, like, put him down. But it almost strikes me because the second man she killed, she shot him, like, what, six times or something? I feel like that is almost like PTSD triggered. Oh, it is overkill because yeah. it's like that crime of passion and protection of, you know, you're you're being triggered with your PT. She probably had PTSD for 500 reasons. So it's like, well, and the first victim was actually a convicted rapist. Mm. So she claimed at the beginning, um, we'll, ca- we'll talk about how she was caught, but she claimed that all of these men tried to rape her or rape her. See, I don't think I believe that. No, I don't either. But... I mean, I do, for some reason, believe that... Because you have to think, with all the shit she's been through, she could have killed men a long time ago. She could have started killing, you know? Yeah, I I swear, like, she snapped at that point, yeah. and it was definitely people that triggered her, for well, sure. Because also, you have to think, too, if you're going into something like sex work, and that's what you've been doing your whole life, it's probably pretty... You disconnect, and you're able to just disconnect, have the sex, leave, take you take the money, leave, whatever. But... Um, if someone, cause you're already giving them sex, you know, yeah. but if someone wants to just take it and there's like that control thing and the, you know, that must've made her feel even smaller than she felt. And then, you know, she obviously had a gun on her and yeah, she had, yeah, like she had a lot of guns, but she liked to use the 22. So Walter's body was found shot by a 22 caliber pistol. Surprise, surprise. Four times. And his car was found. So, like I said, once they put out the... Bolo? The bolo. Um, they started locating the victim's belongings in pawn shops. And retrieving fingerprints in all the cars. And they found that um, Eileen's fingerprints were on pretty much everything. She wasn't careful about anything she did. And... She did have a couple of aliases, and so it took them, like, a couple of days to figure out who she was. Yeah, but she's in the system, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, then it would be probably pretty easy to run her fingerprints and be like, oh, it's this person with four aliases. Yeah. <laughs> it all came back to her, and she was pawning stuff, all of their stuff, so. And that's what makes me think that the first one probably was self-defense. The second one 
probably just triggered easily and then was like, oh, fuck, like, I killed this person. And then all the other ones were like, well, hey, I mean, I may as well, I'm on a roll now. And... I don't even think she was, oh, fuck about it. Like, no, you, probably not. She was just like, cool, I'm going to rob them now. Like, you fucking deserved it. Yeah, and I think at that point you probably place every person that's ever wronged you or done something to you is just there while you're, you know, like, it's like a, almost like an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, on January 9th, 1981, she was arrested on an outstanding warrant um, after the police followed her and knew who she was. Mm. They found her and Tyria staying at a hotel and they uh, watched them for a while. And two undercover cops went into this bar called The Last Resort and bought her drinks all night and played pool with her and all this stuff. And at one point it said that she (laughs) smashed one of the cops on the back of the head with a pool cue. She liked to Yeah, and he said, what'd you do that for? And she said, oh, sometimes I just can't help myself. (gasps) And then they followed her to another bar and she slept overnight there. She just slept on the couch outside the bar. And the next day they invited her to come and have a shower at their hotel room. And she went. I guess you just get a shower wherever you can, really. Yeah. So she ended up going back to the bar that they first met her at, the last resort. It was a biker bar in Volusia County. It's funny because that bar is now famous. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it is famous. And so... That's like all serial killer things. You know, like, people like us, they want to go on, like, murder tours. Yeah, we would love to go to the last resort. I would, yeah. And just, like, fucking throw a pool cue at someone's head and a cue ball. So then they... she did both, so... (laughs) They located uh, Tyria Moore the next day in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She was staying with her sister. And she agreed to work with the cops because there was actually some crooked cops that mm. approached Tyria and said, you know, we could make a lot of money from this because we could sell the rights to... This would be a fucking crazy yeah, story. Yeah, a crazy movie. There's no such thing as female serial killers, which there was, but not really. It's not as prevalent as males. And in, in this time, this was like height of serial killer central in, in America. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So Tyria, they got Tyria to keep calling her. She was in jail because she'd been arrested on an outstanding warrant. And they got, they got Tyria to just keep phoning her in jail and like talking to her. Like Tyria was saying like, I don't want to be connected to this. People are going to think that I helped you kill. Yeah. Because both of their, because I think right now what people are thinking or the police anyway, the ones that are not talking to Tyria, the ones that are really investigating it, probably mm-hmm. were thinking both of them were doing this together. Well, they probably were. Mm. I don't know. Like, Tyria knew about all of the murders. She and knew she about never it, yeah. told anyone. And she, and she was living on, off yeah. of it. And she was in the stolen cars and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, three days later, on January 16th, Warnos confessed to the murders. And that's when she claimed that everyone had raped her and yeah. she just killed everyone in self-defense. And that Tyria had nothing to do with it. She yeah, completely she, exonerated her. She actually um, said right up until the day she died that she still loved Tyria. Because if you think about it, well, Tyria was the only person she ever had a close relationship with. Yeah, and she just her turned, brother Keith. Well, and he died of esophageal cancer, so. Yeah, well, Tyria, though, was a fucking trifling hoe. Like, she fucking didn't <gasps> even stick up for her love at all. She just fucking sold her out. She wasn't she a ride or die, that's no. for sure. But at the same time, 
I mean, obviously, if you're if you're with somebody and they're committing all these heinous murders, <laughs> and they're probably you're living off the proceeds of their prostitution. Yeah, you, and she was pretty lucky that she didn't get charged with anything because that is like conspiracy to like, aiding in a betting. Yeah, like, she that's so many things. Yeah, she should have been fucking charged with being. But a- again, that happens a lot because they say you know they'll do a. They'll make a plea with you, like a, an agreement with you, give you a deal where you get fully exonerated, like you're totally fine, yeah, you get immunity. Like, yeah. I would never, never sell out for you. No, me neither. Like, I would, I would go to jail. carry that shit to the grave. Same. Not that I'm planning anything, but... No, but I mean, hey. So, I was thinking about that the other day, like, that I'm having a daughter. I was thinking, like... Yeah. Yeah, it was like, the one time I got Culper. emotional. You're making her you're so cute to have a daughter. You're gonna fight with her so much. I know. Until she's like... <laughs> That's why I got emotional. I felt sorry for myself. Just kidding. No, I thought like, oh, like I think about like how I feel like if I, even if I'm having a good day and then like something's bothering me, but it's like I'm having a good day and then I like hear from you and then I'm like, you know, yeah. like, oh, like start instantly crying. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be that for somebody. I mean, I think I'm already that for cures, but you but know, daughters are different. daughters, yeah. Exactly. And we're right in the middle of a murder podcast. Yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Sidebar, pregnancy brain, but I really like that. Yeah, well, it is a pod murder podcast I do with you. Yeah, so. so she better like murder. <laughs> she will. A year later, um, not until 1992, Eileen hmm. went to trial. Well, that's always what happens. Yeah, and so she, all of her um, previous convictions were all admissible. Nice. So, yeah. Which they were usually. Usually, um, they are inadmissible. Yeah, because it's your past. But, but it's the proving... prosecution was allowed to introduce evidence related to her other crimes to show a pattern of illegal activity. I wonder what her defense team, though, because her defense team probably had a lot of shit to be like, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this. Oh, and then she turned fourteen, and then this happened, and then this happened, and you know, like. Well, holy they shit. did. You know, like I don't know if you guys have ever seen video because it's quite publicized. But her defense lawyer. Oh God, he was a. He's like a singing lawyer. Yeah. Like he's written songs about it all, and he tried to bring in the evidence that she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder. She for sure had BPD, and, and no there was a lot of stuff. Like if you see any sort of interview video or interview with her, you know, it, I don't mean for it to be funny, no, but no, it's no. like fucking ludicrous, like. Can we Which, play? Can you play that clip? Uh, she's like, I don't really think I did anything wrong. Like, yes, I mean, I, I did, play, I but it wasn't that bad. Of it. Those men were shot, just, just shot, and so boom, boom, boom. You know, they weren't cut up, they weren't sliced up. No OJ jazz, you know. And he said, I did the most horrendous crime in the whole wide world. Not true. I guess not. All they were was shot and left. <laughs> If it was a horrendous crime, why didn't I shoot them between the eyes, cut their penis off, stick it in their mouth, you know, do all kinds of gross stuff? All they were was shot and left, you know? So that's how apologetic Lee was about her crimes. She definitely was a firecracker. Well, like she said, she, you know, she's trying to say they were all in self-defense. And she said, look, kind of what I said earlier, like, you know, I picked up lots of guys. How come I didn't kill them all? It's because these guys tried to attack me. I was just trying to protect myself. But, I mean, I think that there's probably other ways. Because even if you pull a gun on someone, they probably will let you go. Right? Yeah. So. Well, like I, like we've said from the beginning, that was, like, definitely trigger. Yeah, and they you don't go and pawn their stuff and do all, you know, 
you don't do that if you're just trying to protect yourself. No. So, obviously, she was seeing, she saw what happened the first time, what happened the second time, because then she did it five more times. So, you don't just do that because you're protecting yourself. So, as much as I do, in a way, feel empathetic towards things she's been through, obviously, there's no excuse, excuse for excuse killing to kill that many seven people, people, people yeah. in 12 months. Yeah. So then, Or in any amount of time. <laughs> like, you know, like... She changed her story later because once everything was coming to light and she knew she was going to get convicted, then she just went on to make sure that her uh, lawyer was trying to get her executed. Fast she wanted, track. Yeah, fast track to being executed. She was incarcerated at the Florida Department of Corrections. Um, and then she ended up getting, um, five or six, they never, oh, she received six death sentences. She was never charged for the murder of CMs as his body was never, never found. found yet. Yeah, it's hard to, pin and they a had, a, they had enough honor, obviously. Well, and it's hard to pin a murder on if you can't, if there's no body, right? No, yeah. no, no body, no case is usually what they say. Now, obviously it's very different and they can kind of go with different evidence and stuff like that but back then yeah if you had if you had her from six other cases there's kind of no point in because she could have been found not guilty about that one because they they didn't have enough evidence on her to convict her of it so well and she scored a 32 out of 40 on a psychopathy uh <laughs> scale which tw uh scores above 25 are um considered Psychopaths? Yeah, psychopathy yeah, yeah. So she did spend the rest of her life um, in Florida at the same, at the Broward um, Correctional Institution for Women on death row. And then she was transferred to Florida State Prison for execution. Um, she tried to appeal for some reason. Which is weird because she wanted to fast track it. Yeah. Because she, really. kind of all over the place. So. Yeah. But again, mental health and all the things she's been through. Really, I mean, I don't blame her for having no faith and wanting to be alive anymore because really. Well, what? and she flipped and flopped. She said, I killed those men. I robbed them as cold as ice. And I do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. But then she, on the flip side, says, like, I killed... The... Like, when she was sentenced, she was saying... She was talking to the judge saying, like, you're going to send... Like, you're a horrible person. You're sending a rape victim to the death penalty. And then she said, like, I hope your kids get raped in the ass. Like, right to the judge. And the judge... Yeah. It was, like, famously, her trial was, like, famously <laughs> inappropriate. Yeah. Like, she, she was yelled all sorts of stuff at everybody. And she then found religion at the end. Uh, so um, she was actually adopted which by is so a lady down the street from the jail who was just a couple years older than her as a child. She was adopted as a grown-ass woman as a daughter. But it's weird because this woman actually just mostly um saved animals yeah that were in need but she got like the call from the lord she to... said god asked her to adopt eileen warnos and eileen went for it but then they got in fights later and she wasn't talking to her at the time of her execution the only person she was talking to was a childhood friend that came to visit her once in a while called don bopkins that was that was it she was just, she thought everyone was out together in the jail. She said they were poisoning her food. She said they wanted to rape her. Well, by that time, I think that her mental health 
was taking over if it hadn't already obviously when you yeah. decide to kill seven people you probably have pretty bad mental health issues but i feel like if you're put in somewhere you know you're gonna die that's just i think everyone on death row goes a little bit crazy you hear about those people that just get really calm and serene and you know they kind of um they those are the people though that i feel like they own what they've done and they like say it with like you know i i was this person i've really changed they're also in there for like 20 30 years by the time they get to that but i feel like for her she flipped and flopped so much because of her mental illness that she was like all over the place and i don't think she ever wanted to take responsibility for her no. stuff right so she said her last words on camera were thanks a lot society for railroading my ass um well, you then... guys are going to execute a raped woman well, and in a way, I mean, I think when you are a victim so much in life, that is something that just becomes natural for you yeah. to be a victim and have that victim mentality of you. She didn't deserve anything that happened to her. And it is really hard to wrap your head around it. But at the same time, two wrongs don't make a right. It's not an eye for an eye kind of thing. Right. It is it it is hard for her because she didn't also die right away like she you know, you have to sit there and you have to think about it and you have to think about what you did. And I feel like some people, they can't own up to their shit. I don't think she ever did. No, no. So her execution took place on October the 9th, 2002. She declined her last meal and decided to have a cup of coffee instead. And... <laughs> Talk about feeling more anxious. Yeah, and her last words were, yes, I would just like to say, I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. And she so, died at 9.47 a.m. Yeah, so... She was the 10th woman in the United States and the second in Florida to be executed since 1976. Because they restored capital punishment in 1976, so... Crazy yeah. shit, man. She was cremated, and her ashes were spread beneath a tree in her native state of Michigan... By and Don Botkins. By Duff, yeah. So, yeah, they had a funeral for her, and they played uh, a song by Natalie Merchant called Carnival, which I don't know that song, but <laughs> I know seems fitting for the life she fitting. lived, I guess. Yes. So. so there was, uh, like I said, there's a couple different movies um, made about her, and Monsters, one of them loosely based on her. I think it's not loosely. I think it was like pretty uh, well based yeah, on her. Yeah, I think so, but there were a couple different. Like, I watched the they movie. They really kind got of in someone, crap. Tyria, to play Tyria Moore, did not look anything no, like her. That's which, why I say loosely. <laughs> well, that's the only thing that was loosely because yeah. who was it? Um, What's her name? Uh, it's Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci, yeah, she plays her. But if you look, if you look at a real picture of Tyria Moore, yeah. I'm getting a whole different vibe. <laughs> Tyria Moore must have fucking had some input onto who she was must have, yeah. So I want the girl from. I'm trying yeah. to think of what Christina Ricci Adam's even family. Is. Yeah. I want the girl from Adam's family to play me because yeah. we look alike, but they don't at all. But yeah, even the fact that I mean, okay, when you get out of a relationship where someone has really wronged you. Like, let's just say, right? And because obviously Tyria Moore did wrong in Eileen's eyes. But then the fact that she still was in love with her at her death. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just, she clearly didn't look at things with a clear, a clear view. Because, well, I'm pretty sure she was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, because it came out later even, too, that Tyria Moore was trying to sell her out. And those cops were, everyone was trying to sell her out to get rich and get rich quick and... Yeah. I mean, I think that if she 
a lot of her behaviors were disassociative. Like, yeah. I think if she was trying Did to blame her and yeah. had, like, probably, like, a lawyer that was actually understanding and not some hillbilly that was singing songs while he was trying to get her to the death penalty, I mean, she probably could have gone gotten off as being mentally unfit, for sure. Well, and if something like this happened today... Yeah. I think she would have got off. I think totally. she would be, especially, yeah, like you said, in Canada. But I feel like she would be in a center for, like, mental health. Yeah, like, a rehabilitation. Science. You know, like, somewhere yeah, where she can... Because look at the guy who cut the guy's head off on the Greyhound. Yeah. Like, okay... He's out already. He's out living a new life under a new name and everything. Yeah. So, the fact, because because they could see that this was something that was done under duress under obviously mental illness. illness yeah there's a lot of cases and i i believe that she fit the bill i mean yeah you put through that much stuff yeah and i mean she definitely wasn't a model citizen before she started killing people but no but she almost wasn't given a chance to be anything although else. were any criminals a no. lot of them some of them some of them you yeah. hear that's the thing right were you born evil or did you become that way i think with her she was just not given a chance to ever be anything but and it's almost like you go into, like, a self-defense mode because everyone around you is evil, so why shouldn't you be, you know? Which obviously yeah. is not a good logic, and that, again, <laughs> mental health plays a big part in that, but... Well, I... and we don't even know if she could have been normal if any of that stuff didn't happen to her because it all happened to her at such a young age that it was never discovered and, what she would But that's like. why I feel like she was never given a chance, right? Yeah. Because if you look at the pictures of her when she was little, there's a picture, there's pictures of her. I mean, okay, not saying much because she smiles in all her pictures. That's why I was even saying, like, the cover art for this one's going to be hard because she's smiling in every fucking picture, like, right up until she died. Yeah. But if you look at pictures of her when she was little, it's like just this smiling little, like, angelic. Girl, yeah. yeah, and it's sad. It is sad, but again, you know letting your trauma run your life it will run you to not obviously in canada but to death row if you let it because you know you can't you can't just be a victim to all the things that have happened to you as hard as that is obviously you know you do have to work through your trauma or your trauma will work through you well and another thing along the way once you are an adult or once you get away from the stuff that you grew up with i mean a lot of people find a better way in life and make a path that's productive and she didn't do that so yeah anyway that was episode 23 thanks mom that was a great one yeah. i've always been waiting to do eileen lee lee warnos an interesting character yeah you guys should definitely if those video clips or the voice clips were you know uh, those were just the tip of the iceberg because she does a lot of interviews and she says some out there shit. So it's actually pretty entertaining. Like it is. Yeah. She, she uh, I found one of the best ones I found was an interview with 60 Minutes Australia. She was doing world. Oh, yeah. Wide she coverage. was. Yeah. And that was before that was even really a thing because this is the early 90s. Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed the episode, please give us another listen in two more weeks where it will be Danika's turn to come up with episode number 24. And then we also got to work on a big one, maybe a two-parter for episode Ooh. 25 because it's going to be our 25th, 25th episode. our quarter century episode. Yeah. So send us any requests, any of the ones you guys want to hear. Again, Murder With My Mother podcast on Instagram. Um, email us murderwithmymotherpod at gmail.com 
just send us your suggestions. If you guys have any big ones you want us to do, it can be from anywhere. It can be global. It can be from anywhere. Anything that you anything, guys... Anything, yo. Yes, anything, yo. Just DM us. Yeah. <laughs> Slide in the DMs. Slide in so, the DMs with your... Mom and I are going on a boat trip this weekend. I'm pretty excited about it. Because we do spend time together when we do our podcasts and when we talk on the phone every day stuff like that yeah but, but we usually try to do one um, mother-daughter trip once a year last, last year we went to a Soyuz and did a bunch of mushrooms and that was pretty fun that was pretty fun actually <laughs> <laughs> I can't do mushrooms this time because I uh Kiana will or the baby will you know be born be, yeah with really psychedelic of, yeah. so yeah, so no mushrooms this year. Well, I could still do mushrooms. Yeah, but and, how fun would uh, that be to be by yourself well, just know, doing it? True, true. Could be pretty entertaining for me. So. <laughs> Anywho. We hope you we, guys have a great yeah. week. And again, don't throw your cigarettes out the windows. Don't do any of that stuff. Our province is burning, and we have over 1,100 wildfires burning in our province right now, and we've just declared a state of emergency today. And, and we just got out of a state of emergency from the fucking pandemic, so yeah. keep your cigarettes in your ashtrays. You should just quit smoking altogether because it's disgusting, so unless well, it's a doobie. I like smoking, but if you put it in a bottle of water, that would be a good idea. <sighs> I saw somebody fucking throw a cigarette out the other day. I was behind Did them. Did you follow them? I, I actually shot them with a 22 caliber oh. pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, well, we love you guys, and we will talk to you in two more weeks for episode 24. Okay, stay safe, motherfuckers. Bye, Bye. bitches.